Hey, TRB fans, for the best in Star Wars accessories and jewelry, head to jewelrybrands.shop for items spanning the entire Star Wars galaxy from the Mandalorian to the Skywalker Saga and beyond. I'm wearing a Grogu pin myself right now. Their items are top of the line, best stuff you can get out there. And make sure you use code TRB at checkout to get 10% off your order. Jewelrybrands.shop, the best in Star Wars accessories and jewelry. Welcome, everybody, to the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thanks so much for joining us today, Monday, which means you're getting our takes on all the latest Star Wars news, rumors, everything going on in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, James and Lacey with me, as always. Uh, James, how you doing, buddy? Doing pretty good, man. We're going to get into it this episode, but visions, right? This is our first opportunity to talk about it now that it's it's out besides Lacey. Lacey got the spoiler review, but mm-hmm, this is, mm-hmm. you know, our first chance as a podcast yeah. to kind of chat about this thing. True. I, am I wrong in saying you got a haircut? Is that uh, like four weeks ago? No, probably. <laughs> no, probably like two weeks ago. Right. <laughs> I'm over two. So before we start recording, I go, Lacey, did you dye your hair? She goes, no. James, did you get a haircut? No. And James said no, but she curled it. And I was like, thank you so much for noticing. James. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lacey, you yeah. uh you also played I went to a press conference, a virtual press conference, and played a new Star Wars game, right? Yeah, so I was it was really cool this week. I attended a virtual conference with WB Games and TT Games from uh England, and they're doing the Star Wars Lego Battles mobile game. Um it's super, super fun. It's, it's currently it's only on Apple Arcade. Um, there are no in-app purchases. You can get any of the characters. They're doing monthly and weekly events that you can like basically build up your card decks. Um, it's like tower defense with Star Wars characters, but my favorite thing is that you can have like armies of Ewoks and Porgs that attack Darth Vader. That's, (laughs) that, that's cool. When the, when the game launches, it's a good opportunity to take advantage of it. It launched on Friday. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's a good, um time now to use your 30 days of apple arcade for free Yeah, and try it yeah because they they give you that to get into it um and you can cancel cool. and it's kind of one of those things too i'm pretty sure you can like redeem and then like immediately go to the cancel and it will be like cool this will automatically cancel in 30 days or whatever it's not right like, so you can just oh uh, immediately yes. like know exactly how long you're gonna have it and it just happens yeah. That always scares me when, like, because I got Apple TV for free when we bought a new iPhone mm-hmm. for a year, and I think it would have charged me. So I remember setting a calendar in my iPhone, cancel <laughs> Apple TV Plus on July, whatever. They kept pushing uh, it back further and further and further. And I think now hmm. we're out of it, but I, I don't know. It's kind of tricky. I still do mm-hmm. it, though, because I like the programming that they offer for five bucks. <laughs> I'm like, five bucks. <laughs> 
But yeah, the game's yeah. really cool because they mm-hmm. use obviously Lego characters and the humor of Lego, but then they also have sound effects and music from both the Lego Star Wars franchises and the normal yeah. Star Wars franchises. Um, and they also created characters that have never been seen in Lego form before, like the Flame Trooper. They made it just for this game. And they made, you know, the Porgs really aggressive, which is not a thing in Star Wars, but in this game it is. Uh, so it's really cool. Rabid Porgs? Yeah, they like headbutt you and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Man. It's crazy. What didn't James, what didn't you have a bit where you're like, so and so turns out to be three or 10 Porgs stacked <laughs> on top of each other or something like that? You had said some <laughs> some character was going to reveal himself to be like ten porgs wearing a like, trench coat or anything. like uh, Snoke. I don't know. <laughs> Snoke. No, no, no. Yeah, it might have been. Might have been Joseph A. Snoke. Um, <laughs> so let James. There, it looks like there's a lot of news we have to talk about. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. Let's get into it. It's the resistance. All right, well, the first thing we wanted to talk about this week is Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's a show coming to Disney Plus sometime soon. Um, We still don't have a date as of yet, but we are looking forward to it in 2022. Now, we're not the only people looking forward to it. Variety is also looking forward to it. uh, While Obi-Wan himself, Ewan McGregor, is... Uh, winning his Emmys and, you know, doing his thing. He's appearing uh, at the uh, festivals. He is here uh, being asked, uh, what do we think about the show? You know, he says, obviously, I can't say anything, but he said a lot of the same things that we've heard before. It's a lot different than the prequels. Uh, But the one thing that really stuck out, I think, to everybody, and it's the headline that Variety went with, I think it will not disappoint. So he is very excited. I, I think it's a little bit of a bland statement, but it's still something to, to come back to uh, be excited about um, that, you know, he's now done with this thing. He is in his mind. He is post Obi-Wan Kenobi again. You yeah. Know? His Star Wars journey, aside from promoting the thing is over. It's weird. It's like now if you were to ask him a question, you have to say, you know, you can't say, are you looking forward to being playing this character again? It's like he's done. He already did it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we haven't mm-hmm. seen it yet, but it's kind of in that weird thing. But getting back to the point, Ewan McGregor says this show will not disappoint. Uh, do you believe him, John? What do you think about his statements here? It's so funny that he didn't say, I think people are really going to like it. He's saying it won't disappoint you. Like it's, it's a, it's a weird backwards way of complimenting what they're doing. But I, I thought the funniest thing about this was the reporter just did such a bad job. Like, cause she cut him off. She definitely did. I was like, what are you doing? Stop talking over him. Yeah. He's still talking. She goes, she goes, thank you so much. Congratulations. And he's like, and then the crew and stuff. And he's like, like, shut up. I think think to be fair, like she's trying to be polite and be professional, but like when there's like this sudden pause and you're like, I assume he's done. So you're like, okay, thank you for answering. Just anything you said was good. I appreciate it. But they just caught themselves at the wrong moments. And I was like, oh. Yeah, nothing was more cringe than people asking Jillian Anderson, that reporter that was like, so have you talked to Margaret Thatcher? And everyone's like, she's dead. (laughs) And like, what are you talking about? Well, 
I would say the most cringy for Star Wars is Anthony Carboni and George Lucas. Oh yeah, that, that was <laughs> that George was, Lucas. That was, that was George. That was no, not. No, I know. Yeah. No, no, I know. I know. Poor he, Anthony he was, like, was yeah. like, oh god. Yeah, he's like, I'm making movie. I'm making movies, and no one's gonna see them. Anthony's like, oh. I uh, I was listening to another pod, and they they referenced that interview, and they were just like, I. They said they didn't. In their mind, they don't think George knew it was live. It was live stream. It was like I'm going to do this interview, and, and they're going to edit it. They don't like yeah. it. They'll edit it or they'll yeah. get rid of it. They won't ever. Yeah. But they didn't well, yeah. know it was live because he's there. And he's he like yelling oh, at I'm Frank making, Marshall. Halfway I'm making through some it. new movies, and uh, and he's like, oh, cool. That's kind of something we haven't heard. And he's like, nobody's ever going to see him. <laughs> and it's like, so why are you telling <laughs> yeah. us what is yeah. what is this? George's and brain think, still working before uh, live streams. Like he's still in the years before. Prior. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty sure that's the interview where Frank Marshall walks up, you know, Kathleen Kennedy's husband, who's, you know, Jurassic Park mm-hmm. uh, and whatever. And he's like, Jurassic's number one. And George Lucas starts yelling at him like, we're going to squash you like a bug. <laughs> like, Carboni's like, what is happening right now? Reel it I in. And it. then flash forward a couple of years and Jonas would take over and Carboni's like, not again. <laughs> not again. Oh, yeah. 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 So um, back to the Kenobi thing, you know, uh, it's it's. I know it's not okay to say bad things about the prequels. Uh, Ewan McGregor doesn't seem to care about that. He is still pretty vocal in that there are some aspects of making those movies that uh, he didn't enjoy as much, like all the green screens, blue blue screens, stuff like that. So he he does bring that up. He's like, it was a much different experience. I really enjoyed the environments that they did. And I remember him first talking about it back in the day when he got to visit the set of The Mandalorian and he like was licking his chops. Like he's so excited to be in that immersive, realized (laughs) environment. He's not looking at blue. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah like I, I could keep thinking of anthony daniels walking through a blue screen like it's just like it's just a complete <laughs> wacky situation but i i think like we've been saying this show can't this like they can't miss this mm-hmm. has to be a hit mm-hmm. so i think all the changes they made with all the writers all the all the things they did in terms of like let's bring in one director and make it one vision and the time that they put into it i think they really wanted to make sure they weren't going to screw this one up and you know if he's going to say i don't think it uh, i feel like it will not disappoint then i believe him um i don't think you know there's been plenty of times where a new a band comes out with a new record and they're like it's our best since our original yeah. record and you listen to it and it's crap. And but with this, I really feel like it's gonna be something special. And I think he's such a good actor that he you know, the prequels are tough because of the environments and then he's looking at a CGI alien and hugging a, a, a sixth arm diner CGI floating thing, you know. And in this one, you really give him a, you set you set him up to be successful because of what they have with all the technology and stuff, and he seems to really have enjoyed that. So I'm so excited to see this version of his Obi-Wan Kenobi because I loved his version in the prequels too, even though, you know, the prequels aren't necessarily my favorite. Uh, I think he's going to absolutely crush this, especially with the modern technology. Deborah Chow, I think, is a wonderful director. So mm-hmm. I'm really, really excited to see it. And I, anything he says about it, I believe him 100%. He's also he, grown. He deserves, he deserves the. He's also grown deserves. as an actor. Yes. Like he did the prequels yeah. at a certain point in That's his a life. Great point. Yeah. And it's now been 20 years since then. And he's mm-hmm. not. Like, not a stab at Hayden Christensen, but like, for instance, like Hayden Christensen kind of did those movies and then he backed off. You know what I mean? He kind of lived his life and went on and did other things. Like, even though he is still involved in acting, he's not acting to the degree of Ewan McGregor, who's his own mm-hmm. huge celebrity. And, and has won awards a, and yeah. Yeah. So many like movies that people are just like, dude, he goes all in. Like, he's a great 
performance actor. Yeah, so that's a good um, point. So that that there too, Lacey. What do you think about his comments on uh, the show not disappointing? I agree with John. I I don't think he's lying. I don't think he's exaggerating. And I think kind of playing off of what John said, where he didn't go like it's the best thing you're ever going to see. I think he's leaving it at such a it's not going to disappoint because he knows how epic it is. Like, I feel like oftentimes actors will hype things up and then you see them and you're like, why were they hyping this up? It's not that great. I think he's leaving it because he wants people to figure it out on their own, experience it on their own. Um, But like he's back as Obi-Wan Kenobi. This is what we've always wanted. This is what he wanted. Um, He sounds just so confident every time he talks about it that it's it's hard for you not to be like super super pumped i love that he mentions deborah chow because she like is the best i've i mm-hmm. loved everything she did with the mandalorian um obviously she did jessica jones yeah. as well she's just killer so uh i am just so hyped for this series i don't think i can be any more excited well, and i keep saying that every time we get an interview or yeah. any type of tidbit that i'm like i couldn't be more hyped. like literally this is the peak of hype for me one thing i think of when it comes to actors um because like you say james he's done you know he knows what it yeah. is he knows if it's good like he, he hasn't seen probably edited versions of it yet but he knows the work and what went into it so he is going to put his public reputation on the line right, and stand by that right. and that's good the like but then sometimes i think of like when actors know something it maybe won't be that good and they get asked about it like amelia clark with game of thrones and she goes best season ever yeah like <laughs> she kept making faces and and like yeah. her, her tone would change he's been straight the whole time this is awesome yeah. i've loved it it's yeah. been great and it just makes yeah. me think of those interviews especially the interview before Solo came out, he did an interview, I think, right before Sinio Comic-Con was with Collider or something, where he was in a hotel room and they were like, so would you play Obi-Wan? He's like, I don't know. They haven't asked me. And now we find out that they have been talking about it for years. Oh, but there yeah. is something a little bit sad for me when you see him arrive on the red carpet with no beard. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, oh, my gosh, he's done. Like, this, this is it. done. Um, yeah. because there's been such a buildup that you, you're just like, oh, it's just like Christmas is coming and coming and then Christmas happens. And then after the fact, you're like, oh, I have to wait a full year before Christmas comes around again. Like there isn't another Christmas with this. This is it. Yeah. So th- I'm just yeah. like a little sad, but still hyped at the same time. That's how we're moving forward. Yep. And I don't want to set any expectations either, but John right. has brought up that it, it does make sense that they could surprise everybody and say it'll be one will be back you know they could do they could do more with this if they really wanted to i'm sure he would return and uh i don't know the only thing that the only thing that is kind of crazy to me is and lacy you brought up deborah chow like it does still surprise me kind of that they put so much weight on her now she did the mandalorian but other than that she's not well known I know saying. that's what I'm saying is yeah. like you're 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 leading um you're leading your shows with with John Favreau which is great and, but it like was kind of surprising to me that they were like pluck this one person out that's who gets the Obi-Wan story and it's like that's a big deal you would think they would want to bring in like someone really crazy I mean your other show is uh Robert Rodriguez 
You know, it's like right. His it's career, the same level of notoriety know, where a normal exactly. fan would be like, "Who's Deborah?" But they know who Robert Rodriguez is. Well, they know who John Favreau is. I yeah. think they're doing yeah. the Marvel thing where it's like you don't know these directors, but or, or Pixar, for instance. Like, can you name the Pixar directors really? But like every one of them is excellent. Is because they're sure. part of the machine now that has been like this is how we're gonna and and it's more than the director doing mm-hmm. these things but mm-hmm. i mean but that being said like deborah, deborah chow i imagine they'd um played really well listened to all the feedback handled everything properly understood the technology and just probably out of this group of people they were looking at she just seemed to fit the bill like absolutely perfectly and that's not to say i don't think she's gonna do a job i think it's because she's an asian woman director they're really pumped that you know they've gotten a diverse voice to tell this story i think that's part of it that they're pushing really hard could be you could, could be yeah. at least be one of the things that adds to yeah. it yeah but well my thought on all of it go. is just like it, it does surprise me that that more than i mean i knew mandalorian had to hit but it had to hit for different reasons that's to kind sure. of prove that these shows mm-hmm. work or whatever but this is this is kind of different because it's just that title character that everybody's like i just want to see this back there's like this fan pressure to to for this one to be nailed more than i think anything else that's coming out i mean ahsoka I might saying. fall it's into that like... same category yeah. too but i don't know not as probably as much as obi-wan and it's not like oh jj abrams is doing the series so like yeah. a, like i was just saying like a, a normal non-star wars fan would look well, at this and be like i don't know who when, they, is. when they pull those those crazy cards out of the side or whatever it's like they you know they had a couple directors didn't really work out let's bring in ron right. howard to to land the, the ship. ship yeah yeah and and get it back on course kind of thing so it's like i think they're well they're not taking a chance and i don't want it to come off that way and i imagine most people that listen to the resistance broadcast know what i'm trying to say here but i just yeah. think it's interesting yeah. that she's just kind of an unknown director and this is going to help her career tremendously if she can pull this off which i imagine and she will let's not forget that she is the first uh female star wars director well that's what i was saying yeah absolutely yeah. i yeah. think that's a big and, part and- of it People keep talking about, um, well, I mean, Vic Mahoney did second unit, but in terms of like being the director, the director, yeah, she's the first and um, also first published because yeah. we don't really know if there was a timeline of like they shot episode four before three or something. You no, know, you're right, you're right. Technically, you're right. I don't know, but but just for fun, everyone's like Patty <laughs> Jenkins, Patty Jenkins, Patty Jenkins, like doing the Star Wars movie. And no one's like Deborah Chow, Deborah Chow, and I think that's because you're right, Lacey, that uh, she's not as. Uh, more of a like Patty Jenkins did Wonder Woman, so now she she everyone knows her She's name. She's a household name, uh, yeah. Whereas Deborah isn't yet, so I think mm-hmm. a right. big part of this is you and giving her credit where credit yeah. is due, yeah. in that she probably helped him push for this project. She was like his partner in crime, so to speak, and and did allowed him to collaborate on something that clearly is very important to him. So I think yeah. that he's constantly giving her credit because he wants people to know, like, hey, this isn't <clears> just <throat> me. There's a whole team behind this. And I wonder, I wonder if you and spoke to like George Lucas about coming back, you know? I don't know, but I love because... his voice and I love every time he talks. So more interviews with you and please. He's a, he, he's a very pleasant sounding man. Oh, it just yeah. reminds me of Moulin Rouge. It's just, he's so delightful. <laughs> um, well, getting into our next big thing. Now, if you haven't had an opportunity to check it out, Lacey did a spoiler review of Star Wars Visions. So if you've watched uh, all of the episodes, it's a good thing to go and check out. Uh, kind of get her bits on the episodes as they come out. But now there's been a couple days and John and I have both seen uh, the show uh, and this is our first opportunity to kind of talk about it. So if you haven't seen it, we probably are going to talk spoilers here, talk a little bit about, you know, um, what we liked about them and what we didn't like, stuff like that. But as a a collective, 
Visions was received very well uh, among all sorts of critics and audiences, fans, uh, and there's a lot of articles on Star Wars Newsnet if you guys want to go check them out about how the story, how the series came to be. We put everything uh, in that collective thing. There's also another thing that I I noticed that people were overlooking is you know they have the show that came out, but if you pan over to extras. They have all of the episodes featurette, uh, uh, yeah. featurettes, like behind the scenes of like what their what their thought was, uh, and why we want to develop it, and it was interviews with all the the people involved in making the process and how those episodes came to be and the stories and everything. It's quite brilliant what they've done with visions here, Lacey. I'm going to start with you on visions because you're the person who's been with it the longest. So, what what are your thoughts on the show? Yeah, so I was lucky enough to get uh, an early preview of the entire series, which is insane because I've never experienced that before. So thank you to Disney and Lucasfilm for letting me do that. Um, I did do a spoiler review with every single episode on StarWarsNewsNet.com, a spoiler-free one as well, as well as the video that I did, which I didn't really do the whole series in the video because I feel like you guys can go read my thoughts on every single episode, but I did highlight some of my favorite episodes, which were the twins and I liked the ninth Jedi. Those were my two favorites. Um, Overall, I thought the series was amazing. I I really enjoyed it. I loved how every episode was different. Um, And over on Star Wars News Night, what we're kind of going to discuss tonight is there have been a lot of interviews that have come out with the team that created this series um, and how the the process consisted of them finding animation studios, but then allowing them to explore the galaxy the way they want to explore it, the way their aesthetic looks and style and narratives, um, and the hope of a season two. A lot of people like myself want a season two. I'd love to see more stories like this. Um, And we've discussed here on the show a lot about canon versus non-canon. This series is not canon. (laughs) It is totally not, but that's okay because it allowed the storytellers to tell you know, the narratives and the characters and points of view that they wanted to tell. And I think Lucasfilm has done a great job explaining that, saying like, hey, we didn't want to put them into this box because they couldn't then create the stories and visuals that they wanted to create. So I really, really loved that. And I hope moving forward, I'd love to see obviously canon stories that would impact the timeline and what we know about Star Wars. But at the same time, I don't think it needs to be. And I think that's what I liked so much, so much about the series is that they were able to do mm. whatever they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. John, what are your thoughts on visions quickly? Uh, before yeah. Before we get into it. Oh, uh, how quick. <laughs> no, I'm saying just like, I, uh... just give me a quick thoughts on it and then we can kind of talk. Yeah. About it so more. yeah, I, uh, I'm not a big anime fan, um, but I'm a big Star Wars fan. So, I watched this. I'm actually really interested to hear what you think because of that, because I know James and I have anime yeah. series that we love. So I, I, I liked it. Um, I watched the dubbed version um, because I wanted like I didn't want to read. I wanted to absorb all the visuals sure. and stuff. I'll probably check out the, the other version, too, just for respecting the original element the, of it. But the dub was very good. I'm normally the person that's like the dub's not great. It was very yeah. good. They got top notch people to do it. I like the twins too. And you know what's funny about that episode is it made me um and this is people are going to be mad at this, but it's that what my first thought was I kind of wish Ray and Kylo Ren were brother and sister. Why are people going to hate like, you for that? Cuz well, you know why. 
but uh, well, I'm saying like in a parallel universe where these kind of stories lie in the multiverse that we've been discussing, Marvel versus Star Wars, they could have been, they could have been, yeah. and I think that the twins thing, what made me interested about it is because oftentimes we've discussed here on the show, and I know James, you've brought it up numerous times, is the idea of Luke and Leia were bad, and and did know, you know their dark side from an early point in their lives yeah. and how that would change. So I don't think you need to be guilty or feel I thought guilty it was cool that. that, yeah, the ninth Jedi one, uh, very cool. Yeah. I love the, uh, how just visually the characters looked in that one. Um, but I, I, I thought it all was really interesting as a non anime fan. I really enjoyed it. Which one was so, your favorite? Uh, th- it's either like the, the two you picked the twins or the ninth Jedi, I think, um, uh, would be my favorites, but I, I enjoyed it, you know, and, and, uh, I would say if I didn't, so I thought it was cool. I'm glad, like you said, that it wasn't canon because maybe these studios don't want to do it if they had to like play by these rules and send stuff to Lucasfilm to approve the storyline and where it's stuff. So right. like you said, give them the canvas and, and let them have fun and, and fans can also cool out a little bit because sometimes canon, like, you know, we're going to talk about it, uh, probably Thursday, but sometimes fans get so wrapped up in canon that, uh, you forget to enjoy yourself. I was trying not to spoil that. I wanted you to be able to say that for Thursday. So I was like, we're going sometimes to talk about this on the show. <laughs> so, well, I guess we can tell them now Thursday. Uh, so for anyone looking for the podcast Thursday morning, don't because we're going to be doing a live show Thursday nice. night. We're back. We're live, baby. TRB. <laughs> we're live, baby. Yeah. Um, so James, man, Dragon Ball vision, Z fan, what'd you visions. think? Yeah. So it's crazy because like to me, it's I really liked this and it kind of conflicts with me and my canon thoughts. You know, I, I imagine right. that show will probably be pretty um, interesting now that we're in a post like this big thing came out and I really liked it and it was not canon. But I think part of the reason that I I was OK with it being not canon is a story like take the twins for instance, or actually probably the duel might be a good example because it's the first episode. Nothing about that felt Star Wars at all. It almost, in in a way, it felt like you were watching something that wasn't Star Wars that they would put in things to make it yes, Star Wars. Yes, elements of Star Wars. That's how I felt about it. So like, yeah. th- like had that not been a lightsaber, you would have just been like, oh, this is crazy and there's some androids and some bandits and they're using some sort of spiritual power. Like, this is kind of interesting. And it almost mm-hmm. didn't feel Star Wars. But then as soon as they put in those those things that really were like, oh, this is very clearly Star Wars. But the other mm-hmm. thing about it is, is, is there, there's more to it than just a simple thing like a lightsaber. Like when you start to watch those featurettes, they really go into detail about why this story, this particular thing is Star Wars. And I'm right. like, I did not even pick up on so much of that stuff. Yeah. Please go watch those featurettes. They will open your world to how much more in depth uh, these are. Um, the the winks, the nods, the reason they fit in with the the lore of Star Wars and what makes And how Star much Wars they love Star, Star Wars, Wars, too. Like you learn yeah. from the creators how much it is affected them yeah um so the thing was is, is i was watching them i was like surely there's going to be some of these that i don't like and i really liked all of them and i can't i am having a hard time picking a favorite because it, it feels like when you pick one it means that it's above all the others and the others sure, were just sure. so good it was so yeah. tricky i can't really put it together um one thing that i will say though that really stuck about out moments to me, yeah moments um, that stuck out 
Well, one that really does stick out to me, and I was surprised that when you get into the behind the scenes, they were it was the one that they were probably the least sh- sure about, and that's Tatooine Rhapsody. And I think, I think one of the things is is because the element of the band thing, you might say that's what I'm connecting with, but I actually don't I, think I didn't it's like that. that. I absolutely think it's the music. The the music in it to me just was immediately. I go back to like watching Dragon Ball Super on Sunday mornings and, <laughs> and every two weeks, every 14 episodes, they change the end titles and it's a new song. And all of the songs feel like this um, Japanese pop rock yes. ska or whatever it is. It this sounds style like an intro. Of music. Yeah. And yeah, it sounds like an intro to a, a song or like an end yep. credits for anime. And I, yep. I was like, this is something that Star Wars doesn't have, and it was blowing my mind. And I loved the song, and it made me it made me feel how I feel towards uh, like when I put on the playlist of all like the Dragon Ball Super outros, you know, and stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was yeah. like, I love this song, and I love the the characters and everything that went into it. So I have some like personal connection there because of the music. But as far as visual storytelling, characters, uh, would I like to see this story continued? All of them equally, yes. Although I I would imagine that if they did a season two, it would be all new stories. And I don't think they I would, would assume, continue yeah. Yeah. these yeah, stories yeah. Yep. as well. Because then you start creating your own like side canon because you have to follow what you did. And all of a sudden, like, oh, we're back no, in that No, I think again. it would be totally new ones because I think they didn't use all the ideas that people pitched them. So yeah. there's a couple things here. So like the duel, for instance, uh, has a book coming out where the story does continue. Right, um, right. I'm reading that now. But the thing is, like, the one that I saw the most, uh, I want to see this story continue was The Ninth Jedi. And part of that comes from the creator addressing, like, I don't know, maybe, you know, it'd be cool to kind of continue the story. We'll see or whatever. Um, I wonder, I wonder if they would, like, I don't know, just to contrary what I just said, I wonder if they would, like, pick some of these stories to continue on. But then the majority of the season was like, I don't know. They, like they did like mention two in the interviews that continue on or something. The interesting thing is in the interviews that they've done, they did say like, "Oh, we're we're kind of gauging what fans think, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's not canon, but maybe other creators will carry these into canon." Was a lot of like kind of oh. like the little moments that they've said is like maybe elements of these stories will be pulled into canon Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So, I think there is a chance that that could happen. Just like elements of the Legends books have been pulled into canon. Yeah. You know, another reason yeah. um, to mention why I liked this so much is because we talk about this sometimes when it comes to like a show like The Mandalorian or TV, in my personal opinion, TV versus movies. I can right. go back and rewatch a movie and it's and I'm like, there it was. That was the story. It's done. And if they make sequels, sure, they make sequels. But like even Lord of the Rings is like, you know, six or seven hours, you can get through it. And it's done. <laughs> like when you're when you're talking James about a TV always keeps show pulling in Lord of the Rings. Well, no, I'm, I was just using it as a, I just went for like a trilogy, the very sure, famous sure, trilogy. Sure. But the thing is like, so with these shows like Mandalorian, it's like it becomes increasingly difficult to relive that story. And I love this because if I ever, if I'm ever in my day and I'm thinking about uh, T.O.B. one or something like that, I can go back and relive the story of that droid who wanted to be a Jedi that and was my least favorite. Was it? Yeah. Which is my least favorite was the one you just said you loved with the band. So I apologize. Oh no, yeah. It's just, I, but I kind of love though. 
that because I noticed this on my review that some people were like, I really didn't dig this. This was my thing. What I love about Star Wars is that you can pick and choose what you like and that people have differing mm -hmm. opinions about things. So, James, I actually wanted to ask the reason I say that is because I want to know, did you like that one and why did you like it? Because my response to it was I felt like it was very rushed from point A to point B with the character with only, you know, 12, 13 minutes. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I liked it uh, specifically because one thing is the animation right away. It took me back to like it was Astro very cool. Boy. And it like the like original a... anime uh, also reminded me a lot of like the Mega Man style of animation as well. It looks uh, like being a puppycat to me, yeah, which is I, more I, recent. I, anime I like the idea of this, this person who was a Jedi and he survived order 66 and now he's like created this droid or he has this droid. And there was something magical about the, the droid in the sense of like, he was very Pinocchio. Um, yes. And he was very yes, yes. Luke, like he was dreaming of this childlike. Thing. Yeah. Um. So you're like talking about a puppet that wants to be a boy, or you're talking about a boy that wants to be a hero, or you're talking about Ray, who's like looking at, um, you know, she's wanting Ships that leaving. family yeah. or that that thing, that uh, sense of purpose, yeah. and all this thing. And it's like it's kind of something that's that's being presented in the sense of like it's a droid how can a droid be a jedi you can't you, there's just literal limitations to this where you will never be that and right. him being able to overcome it i don't know i'm even i'm i i love these i love all these stories are you are you about to cry i, I was just they when i'm really describing oh. what makes star wars star wars i'm like yeah no, I like that. I like that. I like that too. It makes me feel guilty that it wasn't my favorite. I, no, I mean, but, but that's the thing is like his midichlorian count is zero, though, James. Right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But this is. Non I did like his like Gundam wing kind of upgrade when he combined with the other droid when you had like the wing thing. I thought that was really cool. Mm. And I the like, Inquisitor yeah. bad guy was cool. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I definitely like the twins, for instance, where they were reimagining some of the lore. Like, I think in this sense, you kind of had, um, you had Han Solo and Luke Skywalker, and yes. then you had, like, kind of a Leia and a Vader kind of character. And yep. it was James, like the, did you yeah. watch my Four review? of them, what? <laughs> I'm just joking. Oh, no. we're saying, I'm joking because so, uh, we're saying the same things. It's great. Oh, really? Okay, so, yeah. like, here's the thing about your review, actually, specifically, if you want to know the truth. I, I watched some of them as I was watching them, but I was, I was getting nervous of when to stop watching oh, your video. No worries. It's just funny. I, I love like, when she's we're saying say the something. exact same thing. Yeah. Cause I said that he's a combination really? of Han and Luke. Like he was, it's almost like you guys finish <laughs> each other's, each other's sentences. sentences. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's stole that from Ben Stiller. Well, okay, so but what are what are some other ones that you guys liked? I mean, like, what did we think about, um, say, the Village Bride, for instance? Well, that one uh, was well, very also, out there. I felt for like <clears throat> I was watching that, yeah. and this is no offense to you, John. I was watching it, and I was like, John's not gonna like this one because it seemed no, very, like very much, but... anime to me. Like, very there were a lot of elements that if you're not an anime fan, you'd be like, I don't understand this. Hmm. Yeah, but I, I loved it. There was something about the very be like just experiencing the first one first mm -hmm. and seeing that like charcoal pencil aesthetic. Yeah. And I was like, this is really freaking cool. Yeah, yeah. Really? That's a, it was a it great way like to kick it off. Someone had their hand yeah. and they were like doing shading. And I don't know how they actually made it if they did it with computers or what, but uh, I thought that was really 
cool and i think that stuck with me that one's the duel the duel of ronin yeah 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 that R2 one had the really... straw hat <laughs> that made me laugh yeah. so hard yeah and yeah and i think they use the original r2 sound effects yep. from a new hope in that one it's, it's just uh, something about that one i really enjoyed uh, like i said the twins and then the last one um uh i love uh, uh, aki kiri i, that I don't know one how to say it henry yeah. golding it gutted me that one yeah. was terrible in the sense of yeah. not terrible as a story as in i was so depressed and, I, and then that's the end and i was like that's the one they end on <laughs> i was like yeah. having flashbacks to like my favorite characters dying that was one that in particular i i loved watching the behind the scenes on because they they mentioned things that i probably would not have picked out like for instance mm -hmm. that the the two characters that they're writing with are r2d2 and c3po yeah, the comic yeah, relief yeah. characters like short and fat, tall and skinny. Um, George Takei. And they, yeah, yeah, and they they clash with your your leads because they're opposite. They they want to do opposite what your like hero wants to do and stuff. And they were singing like, oh, and they were man. like, "Shut up!" <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But the yeah. but the the whole story of him like uh, being in love with this girl and then like accidentally killing her and it was very Anakin, you know, in a sense. Yes. And I think that's what a lot of yep. people were probably picking up on um and that he chose to go to the dark side in order to bring her back so it, it's it's good although the, the only question i have with that one is i don't know why he didn't like bring her back and then just be like all right <laughs> but, it, nah, but he's, too, he's too honorable to his word he said i will let i will become a sith if you just let her live so he's he's mm -hmm. just honorable and man. it was so funny is to it. my brain immediately wants to go well well if he formed a dyad could they and i'm thinking <laughs> not canon doesn't matter yeah it doesn't right, matter right right like, whatever you yeah. want yeah. Um, it was just so depressing to watch i'm not gonna lie i was like this is the yeah. way it ends <laughs> so yeah for me for me it's one three five and nine are the ones i like so the most. let me ask you guys because because i I've said this many times. I love all of them, but I'm sure, curious sure. why the ninth Jedi to you is sticking out as it is with everybody else. What is it about the ninth Jedi more than some of these other stories that are popping for you guys? Uh, I think it's the, I don't know that, that, that mysterious old guy in star Wars thing. I, I like, I liked that Kara reminded me of Ray a lot. And like the music in the oh, episode. I could see that. I could see that. The yeah. music in the episode, there were moments that like there were little hints that you were like, it sounds like Ray's song. It sounds like Ray's soundtrack. And that yes. they used inspiration from Leia and Return of the Jedi with for her outfits and the the speeder chase scene. Um I I loved the idea that they were trying to bring the Jedi back and then you have this group of people and the one guy that actually is a Jedi and then the rest aren't. Like, I loved that twist. And I loved the twist yeah. that the guy was inside the steward droid the whole time. Like, yeah. he's like, surprise, I was here the whole time. Mm -hmm. um, and then the way it ends... There were some ends... fun twists, for sure, yeah. Right. And then it ends with, like, the one guy, I believe his name's Ogden or Odin. He decides to be like, oh, you're right. I'm, I don't know why I went to the dark side. I'll come back. And I'm like, wait, really? That's all it takes? <laughs> for someone to just be like... Well, right. yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny um, that just as that episode aired, I or as I watched it, I happened to be on Reddit and I, I was on this one thing. And this guy said, if you find yourself homeless, don't hang around homeless people. And it had more to do with like when when you're in a group of collective mindset, it just like presses. Welcome on to the Internet. Yes. Well, I understand well, that. Yeah. yeah. So it was funny that I read that like right after watching that, because his switch does seem very fast, but he has been 
traveling with these people Stuck and as soon as they're energy. dying yeah. like all of a sudden that energy is like releasing and he's like holy crap it's not something that I mean it's almost within the own lore of this story you could see that because they changed some things about how quickly a lightsaber can change his lightsaber went from red to purple to blue in a matter of like minutes oh I was going to ask you guys what you thought about that where yeah. they grab it so, and it turns a certain color if you guys like that or didn't like that there was well I think it I think it's cool it's a it's definitely an interesting oh. idea and I think it yeah. exemplifies what we already know about lightsabers right, but I, right. I, that I think a lot of people don't know you know like I right. usually stick to that what does the lightsaber color mean and I think people are like it means it's purple and it looks cool or whatever and I'm like no I want to know I want to know what that stuff really means, and I think that this hers story was green, right? Exemplify hers, that. Hers went green. Hers was green. Yes. Yeah. So I, well, I it was like it the was aspect of faded green. It was like a dark green. It wasn't mm -hmm. really coming. And it's then like before she, got she chose. Stronger. Yeah, before she chose her destiny, kind of it was like the see through. Oh, the color hasn't been chosen yet. Yeah. Yeah. I like the idea of someone turning from the Sith to the light side, but not in their like dying moment. You know, yeah, just deciding. Like seeing, yeah, because we've seen plenty of people do it the other way. Mm -hmm. And like we saw Anakin come back, but he died. Like just seeing someone be like, yeah, I used to, I used to be a Sith. And it wasn't for me. <laughs> I like that type of like potential. Um, and then them, like and the end of this episode, though, is the one if they were to do more, I'd be like, let's see where what happens next in this one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It seems like the, uh, the Sith in this we're talked a lot about in a sense of like it's not this overcompassing pressure thing like even in the duel you have two sith characters going against each other because mm -hmm. they i don't know i don't want to reveal i don't want to reveal too i much. wasn't <laughs> expecting that reveal to be honest i wasn't expecting that for him to pull his sword out and it for it to be red i was like mm -hmm. oh okay we're going crazy episode one yeah yeah but yep. also you have the elder, for instance, which he says he's oh, so creepy. He says, you know, oh, they're like, well, then you're clearly a Sith. And he's like, ah, the Sith. Yes, they have. They did their thing or whatever. But he kind of claims in a way that he's not. Um, and I, I thought it was kind of interesting because you, John, as you were mentioning, you have a lot of characters in these episodes that say they're aware of the Sith religion and they tried it out. Maybe they're not yeah. calling themselves that anymore, but there's some there's kind of an in-between line there. Um mm -hmm. and you know, this well, character's still using red lightsabers, yeah. but um what a, what an interesting uh master and Padawan and how they went up against that and how they worked together to kind of come to a conclusion to narrow down what kind of a person this was, this elder in the, the David mountains. Harbour did a great job. I loved his voice in that episode. Yeah. Yep. I am still interested in watching them in English. I just, I, I the only ones I watched in English were ones that I was like, Bennett, watch this with me. You might Aww, like did it. Did he like it? Um, he he said that he was like, I'm I'm not gonna watch. It. I don't want to watch this, you know. And then he watched the whole thing with it, and he's like, that was really cool. And then like the next one would come on, and he's like, I don't want to watch this. And I was like, just, just, whatever. <laughs> I think we watched two of them. Um, Tatooine Rhapsody. Uh, we watched Tatooine Rhapsody and the one right after, uh, which is the twins. And I think he liked both of them. But then when Village Bride was starting, he's like, nah. Yeah. No. So Tatooine Rhapsody. Watch that looked one in like, Japanese later. Yeah. Tatooine Rhapsody looked like those uh, egg attack figures with the big heads and the smaller bodies. That's what I thought of as soon as I saw it. I was like, oh, they're going for that kind of look. Mm -hmm. We you have one more that we figures. haven't touched on, and that's Lop and Ocho. So that one was 
interesting. I think my favorite part is that uh, Ocho ends up looking like Krennic. <laughs> I think that was my favorite part. Was this a... This is the rabbit one. To the, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Jackson yeah. whatever yeah. character. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was okay. It wasn't one of my favorites. Um, it's another the, one that I felt like, quick. Yeah. Like it felt too quick for me that I wanted some more kind of moments and but i did like how the end was so anime with the cherry blossoms and everything i was like oh my gosh oh, this yeah, is yeah. so anime i love it I, maybe i didn't make uh, you know, those connections or something you know, cherry blossoms but... is in like every anime <laughs> it's yeah. always like this dramatic moment and then cherry blossoms come across the screen <laughs> for me this particular episode was like all right this is going to be the one that i don't like and then by the mm. end of it, I was like, is this my favorite one? <laughs> it was great. It was great. I, like, I don't, yeah, it was really crazy to me how quickly it turned around. And I think, I think the thing is, is like the very, the beginning of it had, it felt like they were just whining and I couldn't quite figure out where Lot fit into this. I know she was like trying to sort out the two, but I was like, none of this is interesting. And I think as soon right. as it, the father sits down and says, you're a part of this family. Here's the lightsaber. And then when she has to like actually go up against her sister, all of a sudden now everything starts to come together, how this is a family and how right. they've been affected uh, by this thing. And and it's interesting too, because um, you're talking about the character who went to the dark side is not a force sensitive character, which I felt like a, in a lot of this, they really didn't, they didn't really stick to like pilots and it was a lot of Jedi it was all Jedi and force related stuff in, in this particular season. So it was cool to me that when they did have one character that was very clearly good and fell, um, they didn't make it like a force sensitive character. They made it, um, just like, uh, an Imperial that was mm -hmm. like, I'm starting to understand the empire. And I, in order to save my family, I have to hurt them and kill them and take over it. And, make them do what I need them to do in order the to, greater to good, make yeah, them better. To save yeah. the planet. And, yeah. it, and it's so dark that she is con contrary to that. And uh, no, I just, I, I started to really like put everything together in that episode and was like, wow, this one's really good too. So by the end of it, I yeah. really liked it, but the beginning was kind of slow. Also, I didn't know this. They mentioned this in the beginning that they're a Yakuza family. So they're all kind of bad guys. Right. I didn't, I didn't put that together. Um, interesting at first but yeah we have talked about them all i imagine they will continue to be uh things that we reference as far as um you know oh uh boba fett is kind of acting like a much like this vision story or something you know what i mean kind yeah. of one of those characters yeah. or something now that we have these new open ideas of lore and ideas that have been um now open to exploration i think uh our understanding of what makes star wars Star Wars is uh, a little wider now, and, and that's a good thing. So, I gotta say, one of my favorite moments of the whole series was in Tatooine Rhapsody, where they do the montage of scenes from Mos Eisley, and then they cut mm -hmm. to the Cantina band watching on a screen, and they all have the sweat drops because their like <laughs> band is so good that they're like nervous. That was like one of my favorite moments. <laughs> it was such a deep cut that I was like, "This is hilarious!" And then they that's show cool. Obi Wan's house. I was like, "Oh my god." It just felt yeah. very like, this is what we're doing. Yeah, this cool. is Star Wars. Yeah, I I like that one man with the the them coming them coming back to get their friend like no matter what. But then they I knew spin you were gonna love that becoming, one. Yeah. When I watched it, I was like, this is gonna be James. One. Of I think it. James I think favorite. it's just the the music thing. It, yeah. You connect to yeah. it or whatever. But um, I don't know. 
But uh, we have some more news to talk about, and that is all in the Mandalorian world of Star Wars. Uh, so there was a lot of kind of things that all kind of pieced together around the uh, potential shooting of season three that's about to happen. A lot of those things were that uh, it was uh, reported that composer Ludwig Jorgensen. I, I used to say it right. Now I can't. Um, <laughs> but he is coming back to score um, not the Mandalorian, but the Book of Boba Fett. So he's kind of continuing his Mandalorian world as he moves into Book of Boba Fett. Um, and then we uh, just in other interviews, we saw Katie Sackhoff and Giancarlo Esposito doing interviews uh, for the possibilities of their characters retor- returning. Uh, Katie Sackhoff saying, you know, she's uh, excited to see where it goes. And yeah. uh, and Giancarlo Esposito kind of saying, like, I'd be surprised if I'm not in the next season because I think he's kind of <laughs> yeah. important to that Mandalorian world. I wonder Both... if he got an email that was like, you need to stop saying things. <laughs> yeah, I think he yeah. got an email that said, you do know his first name is not Moff, right? I love that though. I, that's like that. That's a callback to me to when Obi Wan called Darth Vader Darth. Yeah, like I I love that. I, I love that he doesn't know. I I, that, I think that's perfect. I I'm glad that you agree with me too because I was like I was def- in my head coming up with a defense for no. I really think this actor just doesn't know. I think he believes that yeah he's unaware that the that that's a title and not the character's yeah. name. It's like yeah. Domo Gleason not knowing what his name his character's name was when he's and getting I, interviewed and someone's like it's Armitage too. and he was just like wait what that's my that name was, he goes, i have a first name <laughs> yeah. yeah i remember him specifically saying that would have been great to know because i could have and someone was like yeah, yeah you have a cat that. too he's like what i have a cat <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um john i'm gonna start with you just on uh this mm-hmm. you know uh, bundle of mandalorian bits if you will um what are, what are your thoughts? Yeah. yeah the there you go nicely done you're welcome um the, the music makes sense because he obviously did the music for the introduction of the Book of Boba Fett, right? So, and if this is season 2.5 or whatever, it's sort of like the in-between. Um, so keeping that uh, familiarity makes sense. So I like that. Um, I've enjoyed the music for The Mandalorian. It's it's kind of become normal. Uh, when it first started, it was a little like, wow, this is different you know especially with some of the techno stuff he does i wonder if he's gonna do but, all of them like this one ahsoka anything that's like within this universe um, i don't know about that but i th- i what i do like is that since this is sandwiched in mm-hmm. the mandalorian thing that mm-hmm. that's probably why they wanted to bring it back and the fact that he came back is cool yeah but the the other stuff the katie sackoff thing it's a very quick but one thing that she said She's she's spilling the beans without doing it by saying like you know there's the unfinished business thing, I they're they're gonna make Bo-Katan kind of a villain I think like I've been thinking she's gonna get so obsessed I think with that dark saber that she's gonna yeah you've know, said that yeah so that's that's what I think they're gonna do there with her and I like what Giancarlo Esposito said he, he's restoring my faith because I'm worried about Moff Gideon kind of like becoming like a, a folly like a gag to, at the end of season two where he gets knocked out and he falls down and he tries to kill himself i'm like what come on so like him saying like he's very important to this story going forward I, that made me happy to hear and then at the end when he was like kind of being coy with the reporter he's like you'll see me baby you know i was like all right, all right. giddy for gideon again let me, let me, i have a backstory in my head of why my parents named me moth 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I love that he doesn't know. It, it makes it okay for for fans to not always have to try to out a no Star Wars mm-hmm. and like stuff. Like these these actors don't really know, and you know, so uh, right. You know, it's it, it keeps it uh, keeps it fresh and fun, and remembering that this guy's an actor doing a doing a part, and uh, he doesn't he's not so obsessed with it. Uh, yeah, which is I got you. okay. Um, so Lacey, what were your thoughts on all these different things? Uh, most notably the, uh, the thoughts on, um, Ludwig coming, coming back and doing multiple things. Cause I, I think I actually agree with you more than John on that one. I kind of, so the reason I said that is if, you know, he did the music for the Ahsoka episode and where Boba Fett comes in, yep. if they wanted to keep a cohesive sound to this kind of universe, like John Williams does, wouldn't you bring back the same person that has similar music that our Hardy has created music for these characters so that even though they're different series with different directors or maybe even a slightly different look, they have that underlying music from the same person. That's what I was thinking anyway, because it could be the thing that ties them all together. Plus, mm-hmm. it seems that John Favreau and Dave Filoni, but definitely John Favreau, loves working with him. And from the moment he did that little like recorder, like, woo, he was like, oh, that's it. That's it. That's the theme. That's they, going. yeah. They have felt very um, loose on the music. Like, right. Like, it's almost like their least. I mean, I could be way wrong, but it feels like it's their least controlling thing where they're like, hey, man, wh- whatever you, you think you, is yeah. good. You show us what you got and you need we'll, a bathtub. We'll trust, we got you. <laughs> trust you. We're, we don't really have a lot of direction on the music yeah. itself. And when he comes back, it shows that they're like, this is it. It's like the first draft. They're like, is this the final? This is good. This is what's yeah, going right. in the show. And he's like, right. I'm going to make it better, guys. Chill out. So. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, the other stuff is pretty straightforward. I, I agree with John. I think that Bo-Katan is, she's leaning on that kind of evil train, you know, because they do need a villain and it would make it more exciting if it wasn't just Moth, Gideon, not first named Gideon. Yeah, like, so when, when she says unfinished business, do, do you think she's talking about Darksaber? Do you think she's talking about Gideon? Like, I think you, she's talking about the Darksaber. I think she's so, talking yeah. about, hey, yeah. she wants this thing. She didn't get mm-hmm. it. She's now stuck in this difficult position that she has to either, she has to kill the Mandalorian, right? Like that's, I, I want to make sure I get this correct. It's not just like they have to battle. She has to literally kill him, right? No, I think she just has just to defeat? De- defeat him. Yeah, oh, okay. because I mean, right now he, uh, like Mandalorian. I thought she like, had to kill him too. Well, she. Well, for instance, she's not dead. I think that's just what's happened. So, so she that's got in the my dark head. saber taken from her, and she's not dead. Also, right. now Mandalorian, uh, Dinjarin is now the current owner of the dark saber. Gideon's not dead. But Gideon is yeah. not dead. So that's true. That's true. I don't know. I guess because past references outside of Bo-Katan, I'm like, oh, everyone's killed that person to have it. But that totally makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah. like Maul did kill to get the saber. Right, you know, right. Like, so it's like, yeah. So, so I think her stuff and everything that she said, even from the moment that, you know, we talked about this years ago when she was interviewed, I think at D23 or something, where she was like, oh, I signed an NDA. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. James, I remember you were like, she's in this, guys. She's no, in this. Like, you were the, so quick to say that. You were like, she's That was on the Collider, the Christian thing. He was interviewing yeah. her, if you remember. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it was some type of NDA. But she's done a really good job of just kind of teasing, but not saying too much. But I think John is completely right. Like, unfinished business to me means the Darksaber. 
because she doesn't care at this point about Moff Gideon and anything else. She just wants that thing, that legacy and reputation restored to her. Yeah. Um, as well as with Giancarlo Esposito, I mean, <laughs> I, I jokingly said it earlier, but I really do think he got an email where they were like, hey, you got to kind of dial it back a little bit because he was like you know every interview we've been talking about here on the show it's like oh he dropped this little tidbit or he said this and now all of a sudden he's on a red carpet with variety and he's just like oh you know maybe maybe i'll be there and you're like at a comic-con you said you were filming soon so (laughs) 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 which one is it but he's as usual delight i love that he thanked everybody that's involved including kathleen kennedy about how he's loved being a part of this show and I think it's surprised everyone, and even us as fans, it's kind of surprised us how big this show has gotten. Because even though it is Star Wars, I think we didn't really know what to expect with this series. And from the moment that Baby Yoda, you know, Grogu came on screen and how big it got and how everybody was involved, I think the actors even were like, okay, this is going to be big, obviously. It's Star Wars, it's pop culture. But I don't think they understood how big it was going to get. Well, yeah, and if John Favreau comes to you and says, hey, I... I have a character in mind for you. Like, I wrote it for you. No. Yeah, I wrote yeah. this for you. Be like, oh, one of the best directors ever <laughs> uh, wants me to be in his show. Uh, yeah, which makes me wonder if he was just like chilling one day. Is like, you know, let me turn on Breaking Bad, and he was like, oh, I gotta get this guy. This is the bad guy. Well, I, I wonder if I wonder if like Favreau's like, yeah, I got this guy. His name's Moff, and I, I'm thinking you'd be really good. At this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Filoni's like, Damn. come on, man. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm just, I'm excited for the new season to get filming. I'm excited to see everything next year. And we talked about it a couple weeks ago, but 2022 is going to be nuts. Oh, yeah. God. I'm definitely what interested in what you guys were saying about uh, Moff Gideon as far as like, you know, him coming back and being more of a villain. The only thing that kind of trips me up a little bit is that whole like Sadie, Katie Sackoff thing. Like, I think traditionally, if you look at the character, she's been, a, she was a bad guy and she's kind of come around being on the good side and a good character in general. But, you know, sometimes, like, the different stories, they, like, animation versus live action, or, like, for instance, the one that I always go to is, like, book Thrawn versus animation Thrawn. Feels right. like they're almost like writing two different characters um, as far as, like, is this the good guy or is this the bad guy? So I could see the character going down that route. She might but, come like, back that, around. <laughs> it doesn't feel like the character to me to be the mm. villain. Although I, I'll admit she definitely was like looking at that saber. Like, <laughs> like she was like, Oh no, what do I do? I'm telling you. So I think it, they, it definitely seems that way. So I agree with what you guys mm-hmm. are saying, but it does seem to clash if they're like, well, we're going to make her the villain. It's like, eh, I don't know. She just might be another thread in yeah, yeah not the like the yeah. main villain or yeah. anything but like yeah another thread of complicated um storytelling there yeah. uh well mm. that is it for the mandalorian bits there i mean guys this is a this was a big week we have a, lo- a couple other things we wanted to mention really quickly and that is that there's going to be a new special on boba fett's history and his legacy and that is arriving on disney plus day which is november 12th we don't really know a whole lot about that but they have said you know there's going to be a special it's about boba fett and uh we can kind of speculate a little that might be a good spot for a trailer, trailer. yeah any of you guys uh followed our um patreon special or whatever we kind of talked about that with uh chris who's one of our spice runners but that was the thing we kind of brought up is that it the the disney plus show the disney plus day falls like really close to, like that six weeks period between mm-hmm. 
the airing of what we think will be, you know, when it starts and yeah. uh, a yeah. trailer to come out lines up with what they did with Mandalorian. So maybe expect a trailer, but for now, confidently, new special uh, on Boba Fett and history and legacy. Um, other really things quick from, yeah, about that Disney Plus day. I kind of was on the side of, hey, they'll probably show us less. I think we talked about that, like, hey, minute, they might show us a little thing here and there and have some specials kind of between what you both were saying. I think John said more that they would show trailers and stuff. And James, you were more like, I don't know if they will. Yeah, after, I was very, like, very little. After the craziness of Tadum, which was Netflix's global event over this past weekend where they announced <laughs> everything... Like- Cool yeah, name. It's, it's the it's this yeah. noise that goes into Netflix. The it's the audio logo. Yeah. So after that event, which was a three hour broadcast with all the trailers, interviews and all this other stuff, I can guarantee you Disney saw that and went ah, like we have to put stuff together now because they released mm. so much stuff. It was all anybody was talking about. And I'm sure all through this week as well. It, it's just insane what they released. But that that was it. That's crazy. Did you guys know yeah. that that sound is a backwards guitar? That is it? Guy, yeah, the guy hired him. I watch a, I listen to a podcast on the creation of it, and he like recorded all this stuff in, in his guitar, and then when he was working on the logo, he went back and revisited it, and then he played it backwards, and he was like, oh, I'll use that. It's not the, the, the hits, but everything after that is a backwards guitar. The event, um, when they named it that, I was like looking at it, I'm like, what the hell does that mean? I had to like yeah. Google it. And then I realized, I, I was like, right oh away. my as soon God, as you said that it, is so I was like, that's so a clever name. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway. Other Lucasfilm news is that they found a new public relations head and that it, um, now I, at the time we're recording this, it's not totally official, but it, it's come on kind of official. Um, but uh, it's Chris, uh, Chris Coxell. Is that how you say it, John? You know that? Okay. Yep. yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, Chris has obviously been involved for a very long time, and uh, Variety, uh, who I believe, or no, sorry, The Hollywood Reporter uh, kind of put together a little piece that talks a little bit about what he his job role would be. This Coxel will serve as the primary spokesperson for Lucasfilm and develop its overall communication strategy. Um, there's more to that, but you really are going to be looking at this person as this is how star Wars is going to be presented to the public from now on. Like right. all of our right. events, all the people that are covering it, this is how we're going to be presenting it. Um, this is now his job. And that comes from, um, after, uh, Lynn Hale, Lynn Hale, uh, 35 years retiring after 35 years of being yep. the head of, uh, publishing there. Um, the last thing that we wanted to talk about, uh, Oh, nope. Uh, we already did. <laughs> Sorry, it's in the show notes, but it was it was. I brought it about, up earlier. Uh, that was my bad. <laughs> yeah, Star Star Wars Visions producers are interested in a second season, but yeah, we talked a lot about that. So that mm-hmm. is that's it. That's the wrap for Resistance Report. Uh, Lacey, if you want to take us into our next section. Yep, guys, it is time for the Patreon Pod Race. So there are lots of ways you could support us. You can uh, like this video, comment, subscribe uh, on any of the audio platforms. Follow us on Twitter at RBATSWNN or on Instagram at The Resistance Broadcast. But if you want more, uh, including special live streams like coming up soon on October 7th, we're doing the Lego holiday special with you guys. Um, so as well as, yep, as Spice Run chats that we do with our Spice Runners. We do, 
you know, Q&As, all different types of stuff, as well as our normal weekly content, polls, etc. You can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast starting at $2 a month. That's it, $2. You get access to the page and get to be a part of our awesome community. And I'm not just saying this to sell you on it, but these people are really, really great. <laughs> and they have been a highlight they are. for years now, but definitely in the past year and a half when everything's kind of been a little more crazy, they have been that kind of solid ground, solid rock underneath TRB to kind of get us through the craziest of times. So thank you guys so much. So first I want to say thank you to our generals and spice runners. So I apologize. I'm going to take a breath probably in the middle of this. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you to Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Paul Olson, Jake Houchins, Oliver Lewis, Frank Grande, Hass, Joe Ritchie, Darth Hurricane, John Chorlton, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, and Val Trichkoff. I did it. Oh, my God. Okay. So then Spice Runners, Dave Provis, Neil Shaw, Double C, Chris, who just did our Spice Run chat. It was awesome. Yes, uh, you can get awesome. access to that again. Just $2. Uh, Kendall Gelnar, Ryan Wara, Dave Horneck, Micah Harrison, and Thomas Hennessy. Thank you guys so Thank much you. for your support. So this is the part of the show that we let you guys be, a, the generals and spice runners, be a part of it. So this week we have General Andrew Staley, one of our OG generals, uh, really, really awesome guy. Oh, yeah. We asked him, what is your fondest, happiest, 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 happiest memories from seeing The Phantom Menace when Star Wars returned in 1999? Andrew, take it away. So there are three things I actually remember pretty vividly uh, from 1999 when The Phantom Menace released. Uh, the first being uh, the toy line that came out with all the products. I remember going to the local stores, uh, specifically hunting um, certain products like action figures and lightsabers. Uh, the second thing was the promo through KFC, Pizza Hut, and Taco Bell, where they did all the cups and the characters were on the box tops at Pizza Hut and we were going and looking for certain items from the, those vendors. And the third item was when Jeff Gordon ran his Bush series car in 1999, he had sponsorship from Pepsi and they actually ran a Phantom Menace Pepsi paint scheme. And then they made a die cast and a bunch of other stuff. And I actually bought quite a bit of those things as well. So I thought that was really neat that Star Wars and NASCAR came together uh, to the things I really love. Uh, that's all I got for you guys. I really appreciate it. And I hope everybody's doing well. May the force be with you. Nice job, Andrew. Always awesome to have you on the show. John, what did you think? I didn't know the thing about the uh, NASCAR stuff. I think that's so cool mm -hmm. um, that Jeff, because Jeff Gordon was like the, you know, Michael Jordan of auto racing. Right. So the fact that they had him with uh, a Phantom Menace uh, paint scheme, <laughs> I learned something. So thank right. you, Andrew. That's cool. I do remember the fast food campaigns very well with a lot of those toys, um, specifically Taco Bell, because um, I liked Taco Bell back then. Um, you still like it now. Uh, everybody but, likes it now. And if you everyone don't, likes you're Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Get Crunch the chicken wraps. taco. It's too small, but yeah. it tastes good. <laughs> um, I, I do. I do remember the toys being a big deal as well. Um, I remember getting the mall lightsaber and breaking it like immediately <laughs> um like the button stopped working and then it i think it even may have broken in half i remember and the I cups the one too yeah yeah so uh, your like your answer definitely jogged a lot of fun nostalgia memories for me so great job man uh as always and uh may the force be with you too buddy james yeah i don't think any of us um any of the three of us knew the jeff gordon thing, so that was kind right. of interesting um, it, it, between the three, I was like, oh yeah, the toys, that's a big deal. But I was like, yes, the fast food stuff, but even more <laughs> so one that he left out of this was, uh, the, the Pepsi branding of, of all of the, 
characters on the different cans. Cans, yes. Yes, yeah, you got your Pepsi's, your Diet Pepsi's, and your Mountain Dew. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, that's like the number one thing for me when it comes to like the marketing of the movie that pops out to me, uh, more so than the toys and, and the other fast food campaigns was just that Pepsi run. Um, cause I, I felt genuine, like, I don't know, there was something just about like, oh man, they're putting them, they're making, they're putting them on the Pepsi cans. That's like, right. that's a big deal. This is a <laughs> moment. Like we are, uh, this is a cultural moment. This is how big Star Wars coming back is. Uh, so it was pretty crazy time. That's the one that sticks out to me. And occasionally I'll run across them. Like if you see them like at a thrift store or something like that. Right. That unopened. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you're like, whoa, that's wild. But um, all three really good answers, and I could, I totally understand you as a racer too. You would, you would connect with the Jeff Gordon thing, so that made a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, uh, like I said, great answers on all three of them. Uh, so glad you did the pod race, and thanks for being a general man. Seriously, Andrew, as usual, you did an awesome job. We love having you on the show. I agree with these guys. The fast food stuff definitely sticks out to me the most. I think, I don't know why, it's just, I guess we were all like somewhat younger little kids that those are the things you remember on commercials between shows and cartoons. It's like, oh man, Taco Bell, they got those cool cups and stuff. And I remember begging my mom to go. So, Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, awesome answer. And now we're going to head to John. John. Okay. So yeah, usually we have another discussion, but uh we discussed a lot on this episode so Mm -hmm. uh, i think we're pretty much towards the end of this uh about an hour and whatever minutes in so we hope you got your fill of trb because you're getting a live show on thursday with us (laughs) and we're gonna have a pretty cool chat for you um uh on that episode but um, more importantly just thank thanks everybody for listening and watching and being a part of trb like Lacey was just saying um subscribe where you got to but spread the word too word of mouth is huge and we're seeing people who've not only been sticking around but also we're growing in some platforms in a time where star wars has been in a bit of a lull so uh thank you so much to everybody who's listening and watching and and being a part of what we do here so uh also like james said star wars news net for all of your star wars news reviews editorials information and more uh you can find me on twitter at johnny hoey star wars news net and my movie podcast just like the movies just did an episode on team america world police if you want to get some laughs james uh that was a particularly funny episode <laughs> thanks man yeah i i really was like man laughing the, my whole way through forgetting so much of that movie and coming back gary like gary yeah so good all right uh but you guys can find me on twitter and instagram at myra trunks lacy People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. And for once, I actually have stuff to say. I did the visions things, like I said in the show. I recently uh, did a coverage of the Lego Star Wars Battles game. I'm going to be doing mm-hmm. a review this week, week, as well as I did some Hasbro releases for the droid figures. And just a reminder that in the next month in October, we have Hascon coming up again. So more Hasbro stuff. Very good. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. Thank you, everybody. And we will see you. Remember, no new episode Thursday morning, but we hope to see you live Thursday night. Uh, we'll post the time on social media. We'll make sure you know. We're going to know you with all the specifics <laughs> very soon. So thank you all very much. And we'll see you next time right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids. <laughs>